Hi, my name is Shruti. I'm Abhishek. And I'm Navneet. And we are in SciComm. Over the course of 2017, a number of potential collaborators and contributors reached out to us through Twitter and Facebook to do SciComm with us. The initial enthusiasm was always high and the ideas incredible, but eventually we realized that it's been very difficult for our potential collaborators to make time and generate actual content, whether it's writing a small essay or crafting a podcast. We understand that doing SciComm is not a primary profession for most of us. We are students, PhD candidates, postdocs, or professionals with a very high demand on our time. Without seeing a clear goal or return on investment, it is difficult to justify carving out portions of our free time. In view of this, we bring you a new podcast series where we will profile enthusiastic students, scientists, and science communicators. Each of them will talk about who they are, what they do now, how they got here, and a cool scientific concept. We call this a soupçon of Psycom. And today we have a really, really special guest. She is the first person specializing in wildlife conservation that Insycom is collaborating with and the winner of Sanctuary Asia Magazine's Young Naturalist Award in 2017. And so without any further ado, let's get right to it. Question number one, who are you and what do you do? Thanks, Shruti. Uh, I'm Vaishali Rawat. I'm based in Bangalore and I work with an NGO slash research organization called Wildlife Conservation Society India. Mm-hmm. Uh, WCS is an international organization based in New York. They have programs in over 60 countries and India is one of them. Mm-hmm. Their uh, aim is to work to conserve wildlife and wild spaces worldwide mm-hmm. using conservation science to form logical and uh, rational conservation actions. Mm-hmm. So I'm not a scientist there, although most of the people who work here are. I work as media manager here. So my job is to work on outreach and communications and putting out the science that we do out there for people in ways that are interesting and engaging. Mm-hmm. And I am especially passionate about this job because I have loved wildlife and wild places. I think that stories about the science of wildlife and their behavior and ecology are fun and engaging stories to tell to people mm-hmm. and, and important stories to tell because we are facing extinction and loss of wild habitats today faster Absolutely. than we ever did. Absolutely. And it's important for these stories to be told to people. Absolutely. So that's what I do. Excellent. And even if you're not a scientist, don't worry, you are a scientist's best friend because we need more people like <laughs> yeah. you. Uh, question number two, how did you get where you are right now? Right. So I was interested in studying wildlife since I was in the 8th or ninth grade mm-hmm. after one visit to Corbett National Park. Oh, that will convert anybody, I feel. A visit yeah. to Corbett National Park is probably a must. Yeah, it's a wonderful forest. And uh, yeah, I didn't see any wildlife, but I left a part of myself there. So I knew this is what I wanted to do. Excellent. Of course, back then I had no idea about how you can do this. and right. how I didn't even know there's people who study wildlife. So uh, then I picked science in um, in 10th, 11th grade. That's when you have to choose a stream. Mm-hmm. So I just picked science because it seemed like the right thing to do. Yeah. Not because I was very good at it. <laughs> and I struggled a little with some subjects, but I really enjoyed biology and uh, the little bit of ecology that we had. Mm-hmm. But during school, I didn't have time to pursue wildlife in any other way. Right. Schools don't really 
encourage uh, kids to think about ecology they don't teach much about ecology they don't teach much about biodiversity yeah. which i think is a really yeah. good point to bring up i really wish we had more of that because that was something i was really interested in of course yeah i think it's really important to integrate biodiversity and conservation mm-hmm. in school curriculum mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's as important as if you're studying political crises or poverty or hunger mm-hmm. because so much of climate change and interdisciplinary research in climate change and biodiversity loss is showing that we are already dealing with this crisis and Absolutely. for people who don't realize it. Mm-hmm. At this time, I was just thinking wildlife makes sense to study zoology. Mm-hmm. I would do it. Mm-hmm. Not that I saw myself being a scientist. It was a, just a confusing time. So, <laughs> Like I, it is for all of us. So no judgment yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So back then I started studying zoology. I did it in uh, University of Delhi, Gavi College, because mm-hmm. I was based in Goga. Even, even there we had a small module on ecology. Mm-hmm. which have focused very briefly on wildlife biology mm-hmm. and even uh, i mean i'm glad the subject was there because i got a little bit insight on what studying ecology is like right. but uh, again it was very little and and by this time i was volunteering uh, with research organizations in of field projects in wildlife because some of them encourage taking volunteers on. Of course. And I and at this time I started working with a conservation journalist. Mm-hmm. Her name is Miss Prerna Bindra. Mm-hmm. And she's one of the first journalists of uh, India to write about wildlife issues in mainstream media. Mm-hmm. So I worked with her. I learned a lot about natural resource management. I edited for a journal called Tiger Link, which uh-huh. uh, it's which which is a semi-technical journal which collates information about tigers, tiger habitats illegal trade, science. I This was what I was doing during college, apart from studying. Mm-hmm. So one thing I would really encourage people to do is explore life outside of College, oh, in, while you're in college, hardly agree there. It leads you to it yeah. leads you down so many roads that you never yeah. otherwise would have gotten a chance to go down. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if I had spent my college time doing not not much of other things. I would probably also be thinking that now the next thing I need to do is a master's. Right. And that's what a lot of people do. Right. But I had volunteered enough. I had met enough people by that time during three years in college Mm -hmm. to know that master's is not the only option. So Vaishali brings up a really interesting point here um, for the students who are listening to us. Um, it might uh, look like uh, pr- accomplished professionals who are who are really good in their field right now always knew what they wanted to do and always knew where they were heading. But in fact, uh, all students when they are at their bachelor's level uh, experience the same amount of, of doubt, of uh, confusion and uh, this, is, this can be partially allayed by actually sitting and thinking a little bit um, about what exactly excites you, what do you want to do and Vaishali actually goes ahead to explain uh, very eloquently how she was interested not just in the science but also communicating the science to people. So this is like a really nice side note to say, hey, you don't really have to follow what everybody else is doing around you, you don't really have to do what has always been done, you can always strike it out on your own and there is always a niche for you. Absolutely. And I did not know what I wanted to do my master's and I did not see myself being a scientist. Right. I was always interested in communicating science and working on outreach initiatives. Whatever scientific projects I participated in, I always had this question in my mind that, okay, we're collecting data here. But how does this make a difference to conservation if it's just staying in like academia and published journals? So initially, I was a little hesitant about asking these questions right. because, I mean, sometimes ecologists will want to draw a distinction between I am not an advocate 
my job is just to do science right anything else like a disservice to science right i that's now, very brave of I you i must say i mean actually calling people out or actually asking questions about where their stand is morally yeah. or ethically or, or scientifically even can be a really difficult thing to do so you ask your questions wisely <laughs> exactly <laughs> so yeah i mean not that i knew what exactly get come out of this mm-hmm. but my effort was to always document whatever i'm doing whatever the impact of a certain project is i would read up in it before going after going about that landscape that species try to spin stories around it right. and put it out in ways that's interesting for other people and who might not have anything to do with wildlife exactly and as i started writing uh, i found that people enjoyed reading these stories and found that these stories were actually something they didn't know anything about mm-hmm. but still found interesting mm-hmm. if i was writing about endangered landscapes i would get reactions like i had no idea we are losing forests so fast if i wrote about a critically endangered species mm-hmm. i would get Uh, responses like wow i had no idea this is happening is that bad <laughs> is it even going to survive wow and so i extremely happy that writing is having that kind of impact on people and right. that's when i start feeling a little more um, confident mm-hmm. in there is a niche for this kind of work also if you're not a scientist if you don't want to be a scientist that's okay i mean and i'm not purely a science communicator i my work is always focused more on conservation right and building more public support for conservation right and using science to do that and Absolutely. that's really exciting And, no i mean uh, it's the best of both yeah. worlds that you're combining and you're actually doing yeah. a great job of it so i mean like i said before we totally need more people like you to sort of yeah. give people the right information the right science um and to enable sort of you know this could go even a step higher and say this this could even enable policy makers to make the right decisions yeah. it could enable yeah. lawmakers to make sure the laws are there you know protect biodiversity to make sure we don't see many many more cases of you know species dying out or, or things going yeah. extinct um and and stuff like that so that's that's yeah. really really great um yeah and finally we just come to the last question which is imagine you have the power to go back in time when you were in high school or undergrad can you pick and explain one concept to your younger self that you think is the coolest most important and most awesome in your field So difficult question because I think so many things are always. <laughs> I know, but the difficult ones are always are are, are always the, for the last. So you have the yeah. most time to answer this. <laughs> so uh, it's kind of a broader concept, not one concept. Mm-hmm. So I really did not like geography when mm-hmm. I was a kid mm-hmm. because it was taught in such a boring and drab manner, <laughs> and the idea was just this is a map. learn the names on the maps yes. write them on draw the map. out the rivers draw out yeah. like all the mountain yeah. ranges on an empty map yeah. of india yeah. gosh no thanks to my geography teacher but i mean sometimes yeah. it really was very boring yeah it was the yeah. way it is meant to be taught is so boring and like yeah. and i mean it was frustrating because i found maps fascinating mm-hmm. i found different sorts of maps and terrains really interesting to look at mm-hmm. and I did not understand how this was so boring. <laughs> how how and they could extract all the joy out of it to make yeah, it like exactly. so exactly. so dry. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I agree with you there because I think uh, you probably agree with me too because I was one of those people who just for fun I would sit and flip through atlases or I would you know sit and stare at maps. Oh, God, so I I loved looking at maps and terrains and I wondered exactly the same thing. How can it be so much fun to just sit by myself and like look at atlases versus is like sit in a 30 minutes class <laughs> with like a geography yeah. teacher teaching yourself yeah 
I was that kid too. Yeah. But probably also because I traveled so much as a kid, it was just fun to be like, this is where I am. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I spent a lot of time pondering about, I'm learning about how we use maps and uh, geographic terrains to understand animal behavior, mm-hmm. movement, mm-hmm. Uh, connectivity in populations. Uh, now that I'm learning so much about geography and maps and mm-hmm. the application and use of them in conservation science mm-hmm. or just ecology, mm-hmm. it is really fascinating to know about how animals and wildlife and, and you know, even plants mm-hmm. adapt to live in diverse ecosystems, in diverse kind of biomes worldwide. Mm-hmm. Because and in India, we have such an amazing variety of natural landscapes. I'm going to be partial to India because... Well, we are Indians. Of course, we should be partial to India. <laughs> yeah, of course. We are one of the 18 mega diverse countries in the world. Yeah. We have a staggering variety of natural landscapes. It has tended to be forest-centric because that's how people tend to perceive wilderness. Mm-hmm. But we have forests, but we have grasslands, coasts, mangroves, deep sea ecosystems, deserts, and all of these have amazing mm-hmm. wildlife that mm-hmm. we may not hear about. So I understand that scientists will probably study a specific landscape or a specific animal maybe or trends in a certain landscape. Right. I think that trying to tell the stories of these forests and wildlife as well as how rapidly we are losing them. We have uh, very fragmented protected areas in in India. While they're stunning and beautiful, they're small and very fragmented all over India. And uh, protected areas are the ones that legally get protection Mm -hmm. where there are some um, legal safeguards on resource extraction and protecting wildlife. So like for example, you would say Kaziranga is a protected area. Yeah, Kaziranga National Park or say Akaba Tiger Reserve. And these are the better known ones. There's a lot of uh, protected areas that people don't know about. So, and I have been lucky enough to see a lot of them. And, and my early ones that I saw were in Uttarakhand. So, Corbett uh-huh. Tiger Reserve is the bigger one, but right. next to it is another one called Ramnagar Forest Division and several protected areas like Pavalgar, Nanthor, which are beautiful forests in, wow. in themselves too. So, just it expanded my mind about how <laughs> I saw forests in India. Right. So, I would just like to encourage people to read more about protected areas, unprotected areas, forests, ecosystem services, the staggering variety of wildlife that India has. So I would tell my younger self that if you don't think you're going to spend your life researching one place or one landscape, that's okay. Because there is a place for you here, even if you don't. Because we need more people to bring out stories to be able to communicate the significance of the science and use it to make a difference right. and you still belong here even if you don't you, do, you don't see yourself as a scientist even if you, if you even if you don't think you fit in you actually yeah. fit in because you can make space yeah. for yourself and there's enough yeah. space for everybody uh, yeah. to do their best that is such a heartwarming note to end on Vaishali you have no idea <laughs> it makes me want to go back and think about what would have happened if instead of neuroscience I would have been interested in geography <laughs> So, that's wonderful. Thank you very, very much. And thank you for listening to us. If you enjoyed this mini podcast, please reach out to us to either be part of this series or to suggest someone else that you know would be perfect for this series. We're on Twitter and Facebook and you can email us at insicom at gmail.com.